Father, we thank you and we bless you. We glorify you, O God. We give you praise. You are a wonderful God, a loving God, filled with mercy and grace. We thank you, Father. And Lord God, I just pray right now that you help me, that Lord, that you help me as I call on to you, that I will decrease and your Holy Spirit will increase, O God. I pray that you take these lips to clay and you mold them and shape them, O God. That, Lord, that you put a hot coal from your throne upon my tongue, O God. That, Lord God, that you speak, O God. You give me how to present it, how to put it, O God. That you have your way here, O God. That someone may receive something from you today, O God. So we give you praise, we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We can remain standing for the reading of the word. The scripture was already read, but we won't read it again. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Trimaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprung up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith have made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Once again, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, first, I bid you good morning. good morning. No, I'm not Pastor Benson, even though we may look a little bit alike. <laughs> in Christ. Amen. But it is such an honor to come up here to uh, take to fill the man of God place that the confidence he has in, in us. Amen? Uh, so we want to uh, continue to pray for our pastor and Sister Benson while they're on this time of renewing and strengthening, and we pray that God will continue to strengthen him and, and give him more divine illuminated revelation of his word that he may come and give it to us. Amen? Amen. Uh, so I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, who is the head of my life. Amen? And I uh, give honor and to, to the pastor and to all the elders and all the leaders and dignitaries that's sitting here today. <laughs> Amen. You're all dignitaries. Come on now. And uh, not last but least, but my lovely wife. Amen. Amen. Who's, who's, uh, that's my cheering section there. Amen. Uh, I, call, I got a pet name for her, a.k.a. Moochie. Uh, that's for me. That's for me. Amen? Amen. <laughs> she went like this to me. <laughs> so uh, I want to read a short story first uh, uh, about uh, a man named Brian Banks. And Coach may know who he is. A young football star convicted of rape and his long road to exoneration. Uh, in the summer of two, uh, 2002, Banks was considered a top college football prospect. A six four, a six four, six foot four, 
225-pound middle linebacker at Long Beach Poly High. Banks say he had been courted by USC, UCLA, and other football powerhouses. Banks verbally committed to USC in his junior year. He was attending summer school and asked his teacher for permission to leave the class so he could make a phone call, according to court papers. Then Banks, a senior, ran into Gibson, a sophomore. Banks said they fooled around, but their sexual contact was consensual. His mother, uh, Ms. Myers, believed him and said she sold her condo and her car to pay for his defense. I knew that I did not raise a son to be so horrible, she said. Gibson versus simply over the years, she could not be reached. But initially, court papers showed she told a classmate in a note with, with misspelling, he picked me up, he took me in the elevator, and took me downstairs and raped me. Uh, I was a virgin then. But when she testified during Banks' preliminary hearing, Gibson faced the rigorous question of typical and sexual assault cases. She changed some details and added others, Banks' attorney alleged in court documents. Banks had a choice. He could take the he said, she said case if to trial, and if convicted, Rick being sentenced 41 years to life in prison, or as his lawyer advised, he could accept a plea deal. Banks pleaded no contest to one count of forcible rape, spent five years in prison, and upon his release, he was forced to register as a sex offender and wear an electronic monitored bracelet. At one point, he begged the California Innocent Project and San Diego for help. He was told that without new evidence, there was nothing his attorney could do. It's been a struggle. It's been a nightmare, he said. It's more than I can describe the things that I've been through. Meanwhile, Gibson, uh, uh, family sued the school and got paid. Uh, had Gibson not contacted Banks via Facebook, it would likely their paths would never have crossed that he lost out on going to college and playing football and had a desire to make amends. Bank, uh, when Banks heard from her, he recalled, I stopped. What I was doing, got down on my knees and prayed to God to help me play my cards right. Of course, the banks and his private investigator, Banks refused to tell prosecutors that she had lied. So she also said she feared it would affect her relationship with her children, Banks' attorney alleged court paper. But her tape admission was enough to interest the Innocent People Project, the Innocent Project attorney who said they had never been before taken a case of someone already released from prison. When they re-examined Banks' case, and case said Innocent Project Attorney Justin Brooks, a investigator also, also found other evidence to back his claim. After alleged rape, no male DAD was detected on his clothes. His attorney said also the classmate first, Gibson first told that the attack was noted that she lied, making up the story because she didn't want her mother to know she was sexually active. More recently, Gibson had backed off the rechant that Brooks said. Nevertheless, when presented with the Innocent Project finding, Los Angeles County prosecutor agreed that the case should be thrown out. It's not our job to maintain a conviction at any court, Deputy uh, District Attorney Bradford uh, Farrell said. It's our job to do justice. He said prosecutor had no longer to plan to charge Gibson because it was so difficult to, to prove. Banks walked out of the hearing as in if the days. Someone handed him a black hooded sweatshirt and the words with the words innocent and bold white letters. He had a parade supporter of supporters and cameramen alongside the beach courthouse, where he shared his hope of restarting his football career. At one point, he grabbed his attorney's hand and raised both arms in the air, the pose of an athlete who just clinched victory. 
He signed with the Atlanta Falcons in April 2013. And before that, as an off-season off -season and a practice squad. Before that, he signed as an undrafted free agent with the Las Vegas Locomotives United Football League in 2012, which folded, I believe, after the season. Amen? I just wanted to read that. Uh, here we had a young man who destiny was to be a football player, but because of circumstances, it was changed. His destiny was to be uh, a convicted rapist for the sex uh, offender for the rest of his life. But things change. And here we have in Mark 10, 46, 52, we have a blind beggar. <clears throat> he was called Bartimaeus, that is the son of Trimaeus, which some things signify the son of a blind man. He was the blind son of a blind father, which made the case worse and the cure more wonderful and more proper to typify the spiritual cure won by the grace of Christ on those that are not only born blind, but are born of those that are blind. You said blind. We, I, want, I, I want to just talk a little bit about Bartimaeus, but when he said born blind of a, of a father blind, we can be spiritually blind. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. We were spiritually blind at one time. We were spiritually blinded by sin come on, until Jesus came and opened our eyes that we were able to see. Amen. Uh, what was Bartimaeus doing? Sitting by the roadside begging. There are 46 Bible verses about beggars and begging in the Old and New Testament. Here he was, begging by the roadside. This was his nine to five job. There was no other way for him to make a living. So he had to beg. It's not like today where, you know, the blind people, they got places to go. And, and, but yet, wait a minute, they even have jobs for some. Amen? Yeah. They, but back then, the only job he could afford to do was begging. Say he was by the roadside begging. Looking, uh, that's how he made his living. There was no other way for him to make a living. So sitting by the roadside. But the Bible said that he was sitting there one day, begging, had his cup out, looking for some change. And the Bible said that there was a commotion. Come on now. That there was a crowd. But, and, and I believe that Bartimaeus felt something going on here. Even though he couldn't see, but he felt something. That he had to ask, what's going on? Somebody said, it's just Jesus passing by. See, uh, 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 the Bible talked about he was in, 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 in Jericho. Now, let's look about what Jericho, what Jericho is. The city of Jericho was a rich city. And uh, I believe Bartimaeus was outside Jericho because if he was inside Jericho, which was a lot of bustling and hustling going on, no one would have noticed him and he could not have collected any money. So sitting on the outside of Jericho by the roadside, people had to pass him. They had to see him. Come on, just like that guy sitting over there. We pass him all the time, begging on the roadside. Amen? So that's how he collected his coins, knowing that in Jericho he would never have collected anything. Hallelujah. So he said, bear with me. He said, blind beggar, that. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. 
Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Hallelujah. What did he do about his circumstance, we'd wonder? He called out on the name of Jesus. Yes. Come on. Romans 10, 13 says, for, what, who, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there's something about the name of Jesus that when we call on the name of Jesus, things start to happen. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm in a situation or in a certain uh, 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 circumstances and, and things look kind of bad and gloom, and I know my wife can't help me, but I know who can help me. Hey, everybody may say, wait a minute, isn't this the same guy who was healed uh, 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 people from sickness? Is this the same guy who fed 5,000 with a couple of loaves and fishes? Is this the same guy who walked on water? Is this the same guy who raised the dead? Wait a minute, if he can do that, there's something he could do for me. Jesus, thou son of David. Jesus. Well, I mean, come on, when you're in a situation, in a bad spot, the only name you could think of is Jesus. Oh, you're not hearing me. I, I don't know about you, but things start to fall apart. Jesus. But the thing he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Come on now. Come on now. You ain't, uh, you, you're not hearing me. When he said mercy, mercy can, mercy will change everything when God is involved. Jesus. You see, in Psalms 28.2, David said, Hear the voice of my supplication when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands towards your holy sanctuary. Jesus. Oh, you don't understand. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power. You ought to try it. Jesus. Come on now. There's power in that name. Bartimaeus had a feeling something was going to happen. There was an anticipation with an expectation that if I call out the name of Jesus, something's going to happen. Come on now. You see, I, I know he felt kind of bad. He, that he had to depend on people to support him that he could not support himself. I know he felt bad. And no man, no man wants to be supported but want to work I believe he felt that I need to, with my own two hands, what? I'm tired of depending on people. Maybe they'll drop something, maybe they won't. I'm tired of sitting here on the dusty road by the roadside, hoping that someone would have pity on me and drop some money. Come on now. How many of us been sitting by the roadside? How many of us been by the roadside one time or another, looking for something, hoping that something would happen? Come on that someone would come by and notice that we're in despair or that we need some help here, hoping that they would do something for us. Now, it's not like today where we got beggars that, that they job nine to five, but, they, but they're doing it because they want to do it, because they don't want to work. They beg, and they're spiritually blind, but they beg. Uh, a long time ago, the... Channel News, uh, they did an expose on this lady who was in Manhattan in a prime spot. In a prime spot. She beggars in the hotel, they were putting them in a prime spot next to the wealthy place where, you know, someone would drop something there for them. But this lady, she had a corner in downtown Madison Avenue where she would go there nine to five, sitting there begging, making money, 
people would drop money here because they felt sorry for her, the rich, and they would drop money there. They watched this lady as she collected her money at the end of the day, five o'clock time to punch out. <laughs> she got up with her thing. They followed her. And when they followed her, she entered into a, a townhouse. And when she came out, she had a Gucci suit on and got in a, a Mercedes Benz and drove away. It's, it's a shame that people who don't need to beg, don't need to help, would do that. Bartimaeus needed help. He had no CNI dog. Come on now. He had no welfare or none of that, no brails where he could get a job. So he cried out when he heard it was Jesus. Jesus, thou son of David. Mercy is the object of mercy. His own miserable case he recommended to the compassion of the son of David, of whom it was foretold that when he should come to save, the eyes of the blind shall be opened. In Isaiah 35, 5. In coming to Christ for help and healing, we should have an eye to him as the promised Messiah, the trustee of mercy and grace. Psalm 30, 10. Hail, Lord, and have mercy on me, Lord, my helper. And here, Bartholomew is calling out, crying out, have mercy but it gets me that someone would tell him to be quiet. It says here that, 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 that when he heard that it was Jesus, now he began to cry, the son of David had mercy on me. And for there is an and many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Ain't that something? They had the nerve to tell him to be quiet because they wasn't making any noise. They wasn't look like they didn't need anything or were scared to ask Jesus for something. But that's just like when we hear praising God and something's going on in your life and you're getting crazy and you praising God and people look at you and say, I wish she or he would stop that. <laughs> I wish they would sit down. But they don't know what you've been through. They don't know what you've gone through. And you start to jack up and they say, hey, you look kind of ugly, but watch out, it's going to get kind of ugly in here because I got something going on. <laughs> Jesus! You don't know what I've been through when all hell is breaking loose. Jesus! Just because you want to be silent don't mean I'm going to be silent. Someone might project that, well, if I sit here and be quiet, I project my mind to him. He can read my mind and know what I need. That's not what the Bible says. Even though he is a mind reader but a heart reader too. The Bible said we call out. Come on now. Jesus, you don't know. You don't know what I've been through this week. You don't know what I'm going through now. That I got Jesus, you can't help me. So pardon me if I get ugly in here. Pardon me if I start running around and screaming and yelling, Jesus. But you're not going to shut me out. Because just like Bobby, that's my blessing right there. I know if I call on the name of Jesus that something's going to happen. You see, I have an anticipation with an with expectation that when I called on him, Elder, that he's going to move, that he's going to incline his ear to my lips to hear what I have to say. Jesus, I dare you to tell me to be quiet. You, don't, you be quiet, but I'm going to continue to praise him. 
Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, if you don't need no mercy, that's your business. But I need some. Oh, you ain't know what I'm talking about. Come on now. Let me tell you. It's just like those. See you going off. Clothes coming up. Jacket every day coming off. Your weave, I mean your hair flying everywhere. Come on now. You jumping out your shoes and whatnot. You have a need. You have an anticipation, an expectation that God's going to answer you. But you got to call. You have not called. You ask now. You have to call on him. Jesus. Jesus. You see, when you're going through something, because the Bible says he cried out even more louder. You see, when you're going through something, and when they tell you to be quiet, huh, you start to get even louder then. Ah, Jesus! Uh, hallelujah. You ought to try it. You ought to try it. We could sit here like nothing going on, but we all know we got some things going on. We all know that we're in some circumstances that might define our destiny. Come on now. You see, uh, uh, so I, I, I got to look back this way. Sometimes God will put you in some circumstances. Why? So you can call on him. So you can call on him. See, sometimes if you ain't got no trials or no tribulations or, and you ain't got no situations, circumstances, well, you don't need to call on God, do you? Hallelujah. And Oprah Winfrey not going to help you or Dr. Phil can't tell you nothing. But when you're in a situation like Job, when you're in a situation and a circumstance that might define your destiny and you call on God, God is able to come down. Or oh, you're not hearing me. Oh. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you don't call on him, you won't know. We sit in our circumstances. Paul, me. Woe is me. Nobody knows. Jesus knows. But you ain't saying nothing. You sitting there saying, oh, I have faith that he's going to move. But faith without works is dead. You can sit on your hind part all day long talking about you got faith that God going to provide, but you got to get up. I'm looking for a job, and, and I'm going to sit here. God knows my needs. God knows my bills. He knows my situation. He knows that they're knocking on the door for the rent money. He know bills are collected, I call it, but I'm not answering the phone. So I'm going to sit here, and God's going to provide a job. God said, man, grab that newspaper, look in that newspaper, and see what job is open. Oh, oh, Jesus, when somebody tells you to be quiet, you start to get a little bit more louder. I don't mean pulling out your razor blade out your pocketbook either. I'm talking about you start to get more in the spirit of God, start to rise up in you. No, hey, it's coming. I know it's here. Listen, God, no good thing that God will not withhold from you. He will give you. He said, I know the plans I have for you. They're good to prosper you, but you got to say, Jesus, 
Job. <laughs> God allowed that. The Bible says, man, when the Son of Man came to present himself before God, old Snoofer, the devil came himself. And God said, where you been, Joker? I've been here and there. God said, yeah, I know you have. But have you tried my man, Job? Because, you see, maybe the devil had somebody else in mind. But God knew better if that man fell in a circumstance, he would fall apart. So he knew if he had Job, Job was an unrighteous man. That he depended on God. Come on. He said, I know my Redeemer liveth. Come on now. If he don't deliver, I know he will. Like the three Hebrew boys said, if he don't, we know he's able. Come on. Oh, you're not, you're not getting it. There's somebody here today, somebody here right now that's in some stuff right now, that's in a situation and don't look good. But I tell you something, when you call on the name of Jesus, what look bad starts to look good. Oh, you're not having me. See, God, your bad worst day is God's best day. Uh, uh. You don't know. Yeah. I could stand here and say, it's been a rough week for me. <laughs> but it was a good week for God. How I know? Because I'm standing here. That's how I know. Come on now. Wait, 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 wait. Let me tell you, the devil better against you that you wouldn't make it. But God, being who he is, I'll take that bet. You hear? You hear? Jesus! Ha, hallelujah! Come on now. I'm almost done. He said, that's kind of fast. In 48, he said he cried out more, but he cried out in boldness. You ain't shutting me up. He cried out in boldness. We have boldness and assets, assets with confidence through faith in him. Hebrews 4.16 said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may attain mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. Anybody in a time of need right now? Anybody need some grace and some mercy? Oh, well, you need to go to the throne. You need to go boldly, not like, oh, God, I, I, I need something right now, God. Can you help? No, you got to come. You got to come boldly, but, uh, but, but respectful, with humbleness and humility. But boldly, he said, come. Don't come like no wimp. You see, I'm not coming like no wimp when I know I need something. When I'm in a situation, a circumstance, oh, no, 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 no. I need something. God, I'm coming. Hey, Lord, Lord, it's me. You, are you listening? Get off the phone for a minute. I got something to say to you. Come on now. He said boldly. So you come boldly. You come boldly for other things. Come on now. You come boldly for other things. Let them mess up your paycheck. Come on now. Some of you come with a jar of grease, putting it on and whatnot, with your boot styles up. You messed up my check. Where's my money? 
No, don't show me the money. Give me the money. Come on now. You call him bold for that. You don't come like no wimp then. Oh, no, they messing with my money here. They got a problem. They have a serious problem. They don't know me. They don't know where I came from. I cut somebody. Blind by the mirrors. Cried out more. He said, in the time of need, that by whom we have liberty to open our mind freely to God as to a father. We may come with humble boldness to hear from God, knowing that the terror of the curse is done away. And we may expect to hear from him good words and comfort. We may have access with confidence to speak to God, knowing that we have such a mediator between God and us and such an advocator with the Father. The Bible says that Jesus is our advocate. He's standing, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Oh, come on. Advocating for us. Pleading for us. Praying for us. Come on now. Somebody know what I'm talking about. You know when you, when you do something that you shouldn't do, Jesus said, Dad, give them a try. It's okay. I, I'm standing. I already paid the price for them. But give, the whole list not against them. Hallelujah. Oh, y'all don't know. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm the only one that he got to say that for. Hallelujah. Because I know I'm not perfect. I know I need mercy and grace every day. But I don't need the same grace I got today. I need new grace. I need new mercy. You see, I use that grace and mercy up today. But when tomorrow comes, it becomes I need new mercy and grace so I can use it for that day. <clears throat> Come on now. You say, well, I use the mercy and grace down, bottle up, and have it for tomorrow. It don't work like that. That grace and mercy was for today. Today only. Today is the day of salvation. Today only. Come on now. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, uh, uh. He cried out with boldness. I'll tell you this. I dare. Someone tell me to be quiet when I'm going through something. I dare them. And sometimes uh, uh, people don't want you to get like that because they're in a bad shape. They want you to be there with them. You know they said misery love company. So they're all jacked up like they sucked a box of lemon and they want you to be there with them. They don't want to see you get a breakthrough because they're not getting a breakthrough. Come on now. Come on. I don't know about you, but I need a breakthrough every day. Jesus, that son of David, have mercy. That's my cry. So he cried, boy, hey, 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 shut up. Yeah, I got something for you. Jesus, how you like that? It, said, it goes on and say uh, that, uh, that, 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 hallelujah. And, and, and he cried out more. And Jesus stopped. Mm. Mm. Isn't that something? That when you call out the name of Jesus, that he stopped? Say, wait a minute, somebody's calling me. Uh, hold on. And here he comes. What's going on? 
It said Jesus stopped and he said, for him to come. Woo! Woo! He stopped. He said, come. And, and, and that's because Jesus heard the cry of faith. See, that second cry was of faith. Because it got loud and bold. That was faith right there. And Jesus heard the cry of faith and came to a halt. What's amazing is that here you have the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the bright morning star, the Lamb of God, Counselor, wonderful Counselor, being led by the Holy Spirit, come to a halt when he heard the voice of faith cry out. Woo! And I believe when he came to a halt, everything stopped. Everything in the universe stopped. Everything stood still. And I was like, even, even uh, 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 the kid Leonard growing up with it, ready to dunk was stopped in midair. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I, I got to imagine this. God is in control of everything. But when the voice of faith cries out and he comes to a halt, I believe everything stops until he ready to say, do what he got to do. Is that he cried out for head bottom is forced with this question. What do I do now? <clears throat> he really realized that this man, Jesus, is the same one who had been going about doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. Acts 10.38. He realized this is an opportunity. Do he take it or do he sit here and hope that he accumulates a few more coins? You know how we do. Oh, I'll sit here. You know, I'll wait. I won't buy. I'll wait till tomorrow. I, 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 I'll wait. I, 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 I could stay a little longer. I could wait a little longer. I don't know about you. I can. I need it right now. Because he's a right now in God. He's not a tomorrow God because tomorrow ain't promised to me. He's a right now in God right now. So what I want, I want right now. What I need, I need right now. Come on now. He said, he said, he said, he said this is an opportunity. Sometimes we think we can wait till the next day, but they... Or do he turn to the only help mankind has ever known? Does it take him long to make a decision for faith leaps up in his heart and he cries out even louder we heard? Let me tell you something. Blind Bartimaeus' destiny was mapped out for him to be a blind beggar for the rest of his life through his circumstances. How many know that Jesus could change circumstances? How many know that? So what you think that is your destiny may not be your destiny if you call out to him who is the changer of destiny and circumstances. Come on now. Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, I know. I know for my circumstances, my destiny was to be locked up for the rest of my life, sitting behind bars for 18 years. I know for my circumstances. That was my destiny to be a no good thinking low down convict for the rest of my life locked away but one day but one day I, 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 I read the Bible and said uh, that if you call upon the name of the Lord come on now he will save you not that he can or he will and I took that shot I said Lord I need you for this is where my destiny my future lies here but God had other plans for me you see, that was not my destiny to be locked up for the rest of my life. My destiny was to be right here. Come on now. 
lifting up the name of Jesus. That was my destiny right there. Hallelujah. You see, uh, here is the way maker. Come on now, God. The miracle worker. Come on now. Who was walking by for me and saw me in my knee when I cried out, Jesus. Come on now. We sing that song. Uh, you, you, I've seen you move mountains. I know you do it again. Well, he moved some mountains in my life. And he's still moving. See, that was not my destiny, Elder, to be a convict for the rest of my life. God had plans for me, but I had to call out. I had to call out. I had to call out. You know, I think about if I never called out. Y'all wouldn't know me. Y'all wouldn't have problems with me. Y'all wouldn't this and that with me. But because of Jesus, you know me, got problems with me. And whatnot. Don't make no difference. The Bible says you got to love me anyway. That's the word of God. You got to love me anyway. And the Bible also says, I got to love you. But look at that, some of y'all, it might be kind of hard. But, but that's the word. That's the word. So I thank God that he heard my cry. And he, Jesus was the key that opened the door. That I was able to step out uh, with a brand new robe of pure white. See, the convict robe was left back. And the bread, I'm going to get there. I'm going somewhere with this. Hallelujah. You see, I, I'm so glad. That my name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. That's my destiny. To have my name written in the Lamb Book of Life. Come on now. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory. Jesus, our son of day, have mercy. And it says in Romans 10, 17, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the word is Jesus. Hallelujah. John 1, 14 said that the word was made flesh and drove amongst us. Jesus drove the monster. He was the word, the living word. Come on now. Hallelujah. So he came to a whore at the cry of faith. He bid him to come. But wait a minute, Elder Gray. The Bible said that before he came, he took his cloak off. Before you come to Jesus, you got to take something off. Something that may be holding you down. Something that may be stopping you from moving. Come on now. I don't know what his cloak was, but I knew what my cloak was. I know my cloak was procrastination, fornication. Come on now. See, I don't have a problem speaking about that. I knew what my cloak was, lying and, and deceiving. But when I took my cloak off, I felt a hundred pound lighter. Now, come on. I don't know what your cloak is. I don't know if you have the cloak of unforgiveness, the cloak of uh, 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 anger, the cloak of... Uh, 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 Procrastination, the cloak of backbiting money. I don't know what the cloak is. But when you come to Jesus, it said he took it off. He took it off because see, it might have tangled him up from getting there. It might have tripped him up. Sometimes we got to take self off. We got to take self off. All that who we think we are, bag of chips and all that, we got to put that aside. We got to take that thing off. Oh, come on now. I, I, I'm looking at that. I'm saying, wow, he took it off. I imagine if he never took it off, he would have never got up. 
but he took it off. How many here today need to take something off? How many here need to take some things off to get something from God? Are you in a situation and that cloak may be trapping you in that situation or that circumstances? It may be tripping you up from prayer. It may be tripping you up for calling out the law. It may be tripping you up for coming to Bible study. It may trip. I'm just saying. Say he took off that cloak. He took it off. Hallelujah. And thrown inside his garment, he rose. He said, see, he, he took off and he rose. He lost some weight. He was able to get up. Those who would come to Jesus must cast away the garment of their own sufficiency. Must free themselves from every weight and the sin that, like long garments, that will entangle them. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Bible said, we read, blind by the mirrors. Destiny was changed. The circumstances had him. But when he called on Jesus, Jesus had the circumstances. He changed that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But see, you see, let me tell you something. That. When you come to Jesus and he's changed your life, hallelujah, he pardoned everything. You have to call on him. This is what, what we're we, we talking about. You, the circumstances is not bigger than our God. My situation is not stronger than my God. God got a plan for you. He has a plan for you. Even though he may allow you in some circumstances, it's for your good that you get to know him even more personally in your circumstances. James said, count your joy when falling to divers temptation. Know the trying of your faith working patient. But let patience have a perfect work that ye may be, what? Perfect in the time wanting nothing. You see, the woman with the issue of blood, her circumstances, had her destiny to be sick for the rest of her life. Locked in, that's it. She spent all her money. But like blind Martha Mary, she heard one day, Jesus was passing by. And faith lifted her up. And she came and she touched the hem of his garment, and her circumstances was changed. Her circumstances was changed. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus, when, when blind Bartimaeus came, Jesus said, what do you want? And Jesus asked us that question today. What do you want? What do you want? And Brian Bartimaeus said, I want my sight. That's all I want. So that I'll be able to fend for myself. So where I'll be able to tie my own shoes, to dress myself, see what kind of colors I'm putting on. Uh, so I'll be able to feed myself. So this way I could go get a job and not to have nobody support me, but I can support myself with my own hands. That's what I want, Lord. And Jesus said, you got it. But the thing he said, he said, your faith, your faith made you 
well. And sometimes your faith made you whole. Where he felt like a half a man, now he felt like a whole man. Because he was able to fend for himself. How many here sit today saying, Lord, I just want this. That's all I want. Ask him. He's able to give it to you. He's able to give it to you. Here, blind bottom is faith persist, faith persistent and recognition of Jesus. Six significant provided the focus for his circumstance and destiny to be changed. At the outset, he is sitting by the roadside. But at the end, he received his sight and followed Jesus on along the road. This is a clear portrait of the healing power of the merciful king, but this also functions as a parable of discipleship. To be healed from spiritual life is to grasp the true identity of Jesus and join him on the way to the cross. What are you saying? When he received this sight, he didn't do like the other, then they never came back. The other nine, okay? He followed Jesus. He fought. His destiny was to follow Jesus. Our destiny is to follow Jesus. Uplifting his name. Building the kingdom. That's our destiny. See, when you can't, once the spiritual blindness fall off you like Paul, where he was, he was blinded because he was seeing spiritually, he wasn't spiritually seeing, but when the scales fell off his eyes, he was able to see spiritually who Jesus was and who he is, and he followed him all the way. Hannah, she changed her destiny through her circumstances. She, her, her, her destiny was to be childless. But she started to pray. She started to call on the name of Jesus. She said, Jesus. She, 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 she was all praying so hard that words were not coming out of her mouth. Somebody thought she must have had a bottle of Remy Martin and drank and got drunk or something. But she was speaking in the spirit. She was speaking in the spirit. She was praying to God in the spirit. Say, I'm in a need here. I, I, God said, what do you want? I want a child. I want a child. I don't want to be childless for the rest of my life. God changed her circumstances and gave her a child. Hallelujah. Which she dedicated back. Hallelujah. Come on. Rahab called on the Lord and said, hey, help me, Lord. But she did what God told her to do, and she was helped, saved. See, everybody was destroyed there. The city was destroyed, and she wasn't. Her, she changed her situation, her destiny her, from her son by calling on Jesus. Did what God wanted her to do. Come on now. The thief. The thief. You saw his situation, his circumstances. You know what his destiny was, right? To die and that's it. Oh, but he said, Lord, remember me when I come into that kingdom. Jesus said, this day, this day, thou will be with me in paradise. In other words, his destiny was changed. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us stand.